Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. All right, Debs, I have a random question for you. (laughs) Oh boy, okay. I know, I know. Go for it. Okay. Do you enjoy waiting in line? <laughs> uh, no, definitely, definitely not. Anybody that knows me knows that. I know. This is a very weird question, and I know it was really random, and what a weird way to start off the podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that most people do not like waiting in line. But today we're talking about it's your turn. Right. And the other night, Peyton and I went shopping, and I was looking for some clothes, and we were at TJ Maxx. And this whole idea came about. They always have lines at TJ Yes, they do. They have crazy lines. We were shopping. And it now, in all fairness, it was getting close to the end of the night. They were getting ready to close. Okay. So as we're walking up to the checkout line, the line was crazy long. Now, it's like one like maze line, and then it breaks off into like five different registers. Right, at the very front. Yes, but you have to wait in line. And... I actually kind of had fun waiting in line because they have so much stuff to look at. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. Phone cases and phone chargers and all the different colors yes. and candles. I was smelling like every yeah. candle. Rack up 20 bucks, 20, 30 bucks right there. <laughs> <laughs> it really is genius marketing. It is. <laughs> so anyways, I was all excited looking at all, all the things. Uh-huh. Peyton was not happy. <laughs> he was like <laughs> watching his watch. He was like, this is ridiculous. We need to get going. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's the hurry? Look at all this fun stuff to look at. (laughs) He was not amused. I'm (laughs) Peyton. He was not amused. He was like, let's get the heck out of here. He did not enjoy waiting for his turn. Right. Well, and I think you said it there. That line is like one line. I know for me, when I'm in the grocery store, I at least have a little bit of hope. So if I get in the line and I look, you know, I'm always spying out to see whether or not another line's going to come, you know, get yeah. a little bit, somebody gets through faster. And I don't know about y'all listening, but do y'all change? change? <laughs> oh, yes. If there's something a lot shorter, I'm over there. I'm like over there in a second. And inevitably, I'll do that. And then something, I declare, something always happens. <laughs> Last time I went to, you know, thought I got in the shortest line. I'm standing there. I'm like, yes, it's going to be my turn. And the manager walks up right there when I'm stepping up. She's like, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I need to change out the register. We're changing shifts. There's a new cashier. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So, of course, I look over, you know, at the line that I've just changed out of. And, of course, my spot, they're going. And I'm just like, dang it. (laughs) You missed your turn. (laughs) Every time. That is frustrating. It is. And I feel like in life, we're just always waiting. We're always kind of like in line. We're not even going to talk about traffic. No, (laughs) definitely not Atlanta traffic anyways. But we wait in line. We wait on others. You go to the doctors. You're sitting in a waiting room, which I do not enjoy sitting in a waiting room at a doctor's office. And then think about like 
life events that you're waiting on. Like you might be single waiting to get married. You might be married waiting to have children. You might be waiting for a promotion that you want at work. We're just waiting all the time for yeah. something. Yeah. And honestly, you talk about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I can feel my blood pressure going up. <laughs> Uh, it, waiting is just, it's not my strong suit. Yeah. And there are probably many of you out there listening. It may not be your strong suit either. But the truth is, we all face times when we have to wait, yeah. especially for what we want, hoping that we're going to be next. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, today we are talking about it's your turn. And so we are going to be switching it up a little bit today. We haven't done this in a while. Mm-hmm. We're going to break open the word. And we're going to explore a particular passage. We're going to dig deep today. There's lots of gold to find. And you guys may remember in one of the episodes, episode 31, we were talking about rocking our seasons. And in that particular episode, we talked about how there is a time, a specific time, uh, for God to do certain things in our lives. And as we were getting ready for this, the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart just spoke so clearly to me that as we share today, this is going to be a word in season for those of you listening. And I just want to say, even if you're listening and it's not the week that we release it, maybe you stumble across this. It's been months. I mean, it could even be a year from now and you're listening today. That's okay. This means this word is meeting you right where you are. It's a word in season. And God is just, he's just amazing that way. And some of you may be like, how can you say that? (laughs) Girl, what you talking about? How do you know that? I mean, this is just the way God works. Yeah. When I opened up the passage this particular day as we were prepping for this, praying about what to share, I opened up to John chapter 5, and the Holy Spirit immediately showed me a prophetic message to share with you guys. And that's just the way He works. You know, Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing, Mm -hmm. and hearing by the Word. And oftentimes, you know, how will somebody believe unless they hear? This is just the way that He does it. And so what I know is going to happen is as you listen today, you're going to hear the word. As you hear the word, faith is going to be built and established, and God's going to do something really amazing in your life. Just wait. Yes, (laughs) yes. I love this. This is going to be so much fun today. And I remember when you told me that God put this on your heart and that this was something that we wanted to like talk about in one of our episodes. And I went to the Bible, I opened up John 5, and I read this passage, and I was like, yes, this is going to be a great episode. So the story we're going to be talking about today is called Jesus Heals a Lame Man by a Pool. And I'm about to read it, and it's not very long, and then Debs and I are going to unpack it verse by verse. Let's do it. It's going to be fun, y'all. Okay. So this is John chapter 5, and this is verses 2 through 9. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos. And these lay multitudes of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever the first, after stirring up the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill in that condition for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been there a long time in that condition. He said to him, Do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, 
Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool where the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, other steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. And that day was on the Sabbath. Such a powerful passage. So guys, I want you to grab something unless you're driving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) If not, when you get home, grab something. All right. And I want you to write this down. First thing I want you to do is I want you to make a note of whatever today is, whatever the date is, jot it down real quick. And now write this. Where I have lacked ability and have been stuck for years, that's ending today. And we're going to unpack this, but just know this, that's his heart for you. Where you failed before because your strength was not enough or where others failed to help you, stepped over you, went before you, however that's played out in your own life, this day marks an appointed time for your breakthrough. So what you haven't been able to do before, you're about to do. So say it with me. It's my turn. It's my turn. Come on. <laughs> Debs, I received that. And I hope that y'all did too. Today is going to be fun because we are really studying the word today. As we engage with the scripture, it's always important to understand the context of what we're reading and hearing. For sure. And so today, like we said, we're reading out of the Gospel of John, which we know there's four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John, now you need to know a little bit about him. He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love John. He called himself the beloved, you know, Uh, but he was considered one of Jesus's closest friends. Many times in all the accounts of the gospels, you hear Peter, James, and John, you know, he was part of that inner circle that we talked about in one of our episodes. And John's gospel is really different than the other gospels in several ways. One is John's primary goal was, it wasn't to give us a historical account of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke do a great job at that. But John really wants to exalt the personhood of Jesus, you know, who he was for a reason. And he tells us what that is in chapter 20. It's so that we would believe in him and be saved. And when we think about salvation, I don't mean necessarily it includes it, but not just solely eternal life, life in heaven. To be saved is to be delivered. It is to be made complete. It is having all the promises that God comes to give us, which is a life of wholeness and freedom and joy and peace and you know all those things. Yeah. So yeah, I love John. Yes. And you know, what I really appreciate about the Gospel of John is that John focuses more on who Jesus is, just kind of like what you're saying. The other Gospels focus more on what Jesus taught and what he did. Exactly. And so what we see is those Gospels show us Jesus outwardly Mm -hmm. a little bit more, but John shows us Jesus inwardly. It's like his heart. It's who he is. And the other Gospels emphasize Jesus's humanity, Mm -hmm. but John really emphasizes Jesus's divinity. Mm. And so key word in John is believe. And that's important because that's the journey God wants all of us to take in many different areas of our life. But it's something the Holy Spirit definitely is speaking to us today. Believe. Believe. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like John presents Jesus in a new way in every chapter of the book. He does. He's awesome. 
in, in John's gospel, that's where we find the I am statements of Jesus. Another unique thing in uh, John's gospel is how he describes the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We find John saying that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Mm-hmm. He's our helper, which is saying, you know, he's our enabler which that's what we're saying, you know, where you haven't been able, you are going to be able. That's Mm -hmm. what the Holy Spirit does. And that's what He desires to do in each of us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to give us capacity and power and opportunities. And we cannot let this moment pass because we talk about this particular passage all the time on First in May, which is John 10, 10, which is where Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly to the full overflow, right? This is God's heart for us. So, you know, we're dialing in and now we're going to like almost take a microscope and look at John 5. And remember, like you said, this John is painting a portrait of Jesus, you know, many different portraits all throughout this particular gospel. And so the portrait of Jesus that he is presenting us with right here is Jesus as the great physician. He's the great physician who heals our body. He heals our soul, you know, our mind, our will, emotions, and our spirit. He knows how to diagnose very quickly what is actually going on. And then he skillfully will use grace and truth to help his patient recover, which is us. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, one of the other things I think Uh, we see here is Jesus is absolutely powerful over time. Mm -hmm. We talk about that season's time. He is powerful over time. And whether you've been going through something that's been a long time, God has power over that. Nothing's impossible with him. So as we, you know, start unpacking this, just imagine Jesus at your bedside today. Yeah, I agree. And I really like how you were talking about how you brought up John 10, 10 into this yeah. because you were saying how, and how scripture reminds us that God wants us to have a life of fullness. And it brings us to our first point, our first talking point in John five, verse one of chapter five begins by telling us that there was a feast for the Jews and Jesus went to Jerusalem to celebrate it. So what is this feast? There's like a party happening. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) It was a party. Great question, though, because John doesn't tell us which particular feast it is. Mm -hmm. And so scholars still debate about this. Um, There were three primary feasts that Jews were required to come into Jerusalem and celebrate. One was the Passover. Another one was the Feast of Weeks. Mm -hmm. Many refer to that as the Feast of Pentecost. And the other one was the Feast of Booths. I think it's actually significant that John doesn't specify which one it is. Yeah. Because again, he's painting a portrait of Jesus. Yeah. So these feasts that the Jews celebrated, every single one of them represented a specific time and a way God had worked in their life. These were times where God had brought deliverance, God had provided for them graciously, abundantly. And he had even provided for them, sustaining them for years. Yeah. Okay. So this is really significant because Jesus is walking in and he's kind of saying, like you said, the seven I am statements. He's like, I am all this. I am savior. I am deliverer. I am sustainer in your life. When you struggle for years, that's who I am in the wilderness at all times. Yeah. 
Okay, so Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. He's like, come on, we're about yeah, to celebrate. We're, we're going to party because I am. Right. <laughs> this feast, we're going to um, celebrate. And then in verse 2, John says, Now here at Jerusalem is the sheep gate at the pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Now, just in that one verse, there are a few interesting things to note right off the bat. First, let's talk about the sheep gate. Okay. <laughs> This is so cool. Yeah. So <laughs> in Jerusalem, there were different gates to enter, and they were used for a variety of purposes. One of these gates was called the Sheep Gate. Yeah. Okay. So before Jesus died on the cross for our sins, people would atone their sins by sacrificing animals such as sheep. So the Sheep Gate was the entrance in which the sheep would enter when being used for sacrifices. Isn't that interesting? Yes. (laughs) Because Jesus, Scripture show us, is the Lamb of God. Yeah. And this is the gate He enters in, the sheep gate. So cool. Yeah. And so we know, obviously, how the story plays out. He lays down His life to take away our sins. But what what does Jesus do by doing that? He is opening up a new way of how we relate to God. He's giving us access to God, and He's ushering in this completely new way. And I believe what we see here is Jesus is, you know, walking out who He is. He is the way change comes into our life. Yes. Yeah. So the second thing I want to note is that once He's inside the city— He comes to the pool of Bethesda, and Bethesda in Hebrew means the house of mercy. Y'all, this is so good. (laughs) Yes. Um, He comes through that gate, Mm -hmm. and he goes to that the place that represents a house of mercy. And this is very important because there will always be specific places in our own lives Mm -hmm. that Jesus comes to Mm -hmm. that are going to be a place of mercy. Yes. Then lastly, let's talk about the number five. Okay. Oh, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. This place has five porches. <laughs> and anytime you see a number in the Bible, there's always, everything has significance. Yeah. In some translations, it says five covered porches. And I think that's kind of cool because what is a covered porch? It's a place where you get shade. It's a pr- place where you um, receive protection, yeah. especially if there's like weathering stuff happening. And so the number five in the Bible actually means grace. So this is not only just a place of mercy. It's not a place of, it's not just a house of mercy. It's also a place of grace. Come on. (laughs) And this is what Jesus offers us. Mercy Mm -hmm. by not giving us what we do deserve. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see he's not going to give this guy what he does deserve. Yeah. Um, but he also gives us grace, which is he gives us something we don't deserve. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love that. Isn't that a picture of grace? It covers us. It mm-hmm. protects us, just like you said, yeah. those porches. I love that these five porches that we're, we're talking about just happen to be in John chapter 5. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the number five. Grace. <laughs> a chapter of mercy. A, a chapter portrait of, of grace. grace. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, This chapter here is where Jesus, the great physician, like you were saying earlier, heals a man that has been sick for 38 years. Yeah, stuck. Yeah. You know, and this is the beauty of studying the Word of God is like, if you just go past the surface Mm -hmm. and we'll dig a little bit, there's such insight and revelation. 
into who God is. Yeah. And it meets us right where we are. So, yeah, I love studying the Word. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. So, um, yeah, let me read the next uh, verses uh, three through four. It says, in these, those porches, we did the five porches, lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. So I want you all, I want to kind of bring this into modern day. Okay. (laughs) I want you to think like Black Friday. Okay. Target. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay. Now imagine there has an ad been put out and they have said that the first person on one day, you're not going to know what the day is, Mm -hmm. but they're going to open the doors early and whoever gets to the very back of the Target store to customer service, even though I know it's in the front, just pretend it's in the back, um, (laughs) the customer service, there's a million dollar Target gift card. Okay. It sounds good, doesn't yeah, it? it does. Okay. Sounds really who, good. who doesn't? I mean, wouldn't that save a lot of people? <laughs> <laughs> Heal a lot of people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and imagine like several thousand people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are lined up and they're waiting. Don't know the day, don't know the time, but those doors are going to open and there's a million dollar ticket. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the feeling yeah. that the people in this crowd, they're waiting, they're on the edge thinking that that water is going to bubble up and their opportunity to get unstuck mm-hmm. is, could happen any moment. Yeah. You know, but aside, the, uh, aside from the feeling that, you know, many of these people are carrying, the words that really just leapt off the page when I read that particular passage were impotent, withered and waiting. And I know that I felt like that in my own life, Mm -hmm. especially waiting for an extended period of time. You find yourself, especially if you are impotent in an area, uh, you wither. Mm -hmm. And so if you've ever lacked vision, lacked strength, felt dried up or just unfruitful, you know what it's like. Little by little, you lay down on the inside The longer you wait, you keep waiting, you keep waiting. Maybe you've tried, maybe you have attempted, but you're still impotent, you know, and you're dried up at this point. If you've ever been there, then you understand that feeling we're describing. And here's the thing, you know, we all come to places in our life where we feel limited, where uh, we feel powerless. Um, I know what it feels like to feel stepped over, Mm -hmm. unable to walk. Uh, in faith, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> um, and all those, you know, the fruits of the spirit in love, mm-hmm. um, walking in gentleness or kindness, you know, patience, <laughs> <laughs> waiting, um, or my favorite, you know, walking in self-control. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to wish, wish, wish that I'll eventually be able to do those things. So, If you feel like that today, you're not alone. Just like this passage said, there's great multitudes at this kind of pool party. Yeah. Right? (laughs) But this is the picture that John is painting. It's into that very space Jesus comes. Again, this is a portrait. This is the space that the great physician wants to come. And that's great news because anytime you've got an incurable condition, You're, mm-hmm. you have something that you don't know how to deal with, mm-hmm. what do you, who do you want to go to? 
The great physician. The great physician. <laughs> a, great, a great physician because they usually have a cure, right? Yeah. That's, oh, my God, the best of the best. Yes, because <laughs> that's who Jesus is. Yeah. Very true. Um, so here's something that kind of caught me in Scripture. What is the deal with the angel and the waters? It says that there was an angel that went down at a certain season and troubled the water. What is Debs, what does that mean? Yeah. And I mean, different translations say an angel of the Lord. Okay. And so a lot of times, I, yeah, at first you read that and you think, oh, wow. I mean, that's nice of an angel to come down and do that. <laughs> Pick I mean, one person. It means the I mean, angel, like, <laughs> cannonball in the water, splash, <laughs> troubling the water. What's happening here? I mean, this sounds like a fun party, but. Yeah. No, this is, this is, this is a great question. So you have to understand cultural context. Okay. And so basically the Greeks had um, erected mm-hmm. um, pagan gods, right? Okay. And so in this particular culture, there was a pagan god of healing. And so that god, um, they would build centers that often were around um, springs that people, the ill, you know, would go to mm-hmm. in expectation that this god would heal them. And so what happened is many of the scholars say that there was an upper spring that actually fed this pool. At particular times, water would flow down into the pool, and so the water levels would rise suddenly and go down, in essence, bubbling. And so because this was um, a pagan place, they would attribute this, quote, bubbling to spirits. Mm -hmm. All right. And so many of us know that there are people who travel all over the place to go to springs Mm -hmm. because natural springs sometimes do have healing properties. So over time, by the time, you know, Jesus... Um, Jesus's day, people believe that this particular pool of Bethesda Mm -hmm. is a healing spring and that the spirit at particular seasons will trouble the water and the first person to get in Mm -hmm. is the first person to be healed. So Jesus comes into this place because this is a place that represents false belief. Mm -hmm. There are multitudes, again, that are laying around this place and this this belief has created a dependency on a faulty system. And so what is it doing? It's giving multitudes of people false hope. And what that does is it enslaves people yeah. in cycles of defeat year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, what happens when you believe in a faulty system? That gives you false hope yeah. in that, and then nothing happens. Exactly. You know, basically everyone's just keeping everyone from taking personal responsibility for improving their own condition. Yeah, and that's the, you know that's what the enemy loves to do. Mm-hmm. That's why deception mm-hmm. is so powerful. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, what does he say? I am. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. When those things get broken... Um, and he deals with those areas in our life. Mm-hmm. That's where healing yeah. springs from. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, and I just had this thought too. If they, if okay, so if there are multitudes of people on these porches waiting, okay, for the waters to be stirred up, and the first person that hops in to this will be healed. Can you imagine the amount of chaos that there's probably? Oh yes, they're there. I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of just 
negative energy happening <laughs> around, you know, this one healing pool exactly. for one person, you know, yeah. all the videos, remember seeing and people getting trampled, yeah. getting to the yes. <laughs> yeah. Black Friday gift. Yeah. That, that, it brings out the worst in people. Yeah. It really does. But, you know, think about it in every city in our cultures, you know, oftentimes in our heart, um, we have patterns Mm -hmm. that develop or beliefs that develop over years. Um, It can come in the form of certain religious practices, Mm -hmm. cultural norms. I mean, hey, government systems, Mm -hmm. quick fix programs, right? Yeah. You know, they went, oh, this is going to be the miracle cure. Um, And especially mentalities. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk, you know, this is mental health month. So... um, having a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people, I believe nowadays, entitlement mentalities. Mm-hmm. These are patterns that are going to keep you in a cycle of paralysis and defeat because they're faulty. And this is just what I absolutely love about Jesus is that's the place that he comes. Yeah. And um, just like it says here that there was a certain time that the waters were stirred There is a certain time Jesus will come to that place in your own life because we all have them. And what did he do? He walks straight through the gates, straight to this territory, and he confronts it with this claim. And he's, you know, confronting us today with the same claim. Mm -hmm. And it's this, I am the true source of healing. Yeah. And I am the living water. Yes. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And something beautiful happens when the waters of grace actually start flowing in areas of our lives. Yeah. And that's what we're about to see. Yeah, I agree. And so I think that this is a great question to ask ourselves. Is there a place or a pattern that is like this in my own life? You know, is there a pool where I am just laying around, wasting time, waiting, thinking my my needs are just going to be met there? And these are good questions to ask the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we really want to encourage you today to pray and ask God to reveal anything that maybe you've placed your dependency on more than Jesus himself. If we will open ourselves to that, this is the place yeah. yes. <laughs> where grace and mercy find us, mm-hmm. and which is, it's so powerful. Yeah. So John 5, 5, mm-hmm. okay, listen to that, 5, 5, we know 5 is grace, right? It says, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and eight years. Mm-hmm. All right, the Bible talks a lot about um, infirmity. And so, in other words, this man had, we don't know it specifically what it was, but it was a weakness. Mm-hmm. And it prohibited him uh, from being able to walk about and go about like most every other person, yeah. ordinary people. It was a limitation. It inhibited him. It caused him to be frail. And so there are places in our own lives where we have limitations, where we may feel inoperative, that we feel like we have been deprived of some form of power to perform. We may feel crippled in a particular area and may have felt that way for many years. Mm -hmm. But time and again, imagine this man He's seen others get ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly there are people who got healed. And yeah. the bottom line is belief is very powerful. Mm-hmm. There are people who they thought that was, you know, if they got in there first, their belief, you know, very likely 
could have brought healing in their life. Sure. The, the natural springs could have brought healing. Yes. But imagine you going there day after day, week after week, year after year, and getting passed over, getting stepped over. You know, um, at some point, you know that your dreams have to be shattered yeah. of it actually probably, possibly, potentially um, ever going to happen to you. You've just been stepped over so many times. And then imagine still coming and it happening and then dra- having to drag yourself back to that mat. You know, for me, when I read this, this really is such a picture of a person who has been disappointed over and over again, mm-hmm. a picture of a person who is really in the pit of despair. Um, they feel hopeless. They feel helpless. And I think, you know, we can all identify in some ways with this man. We've all felt limited and helpless at times and disappointed. The bottom line is whenever we find ourselves paralyzed, unable to do the things we want to do or ought to be able to do, whenever we find ourselves impotent, withered, Mm -hmm. waiting, unable to walk spiritually strong, we need grace and mercy. Yeah, (laughs) so true. (laughs) You know, and the bottom line is this story is telling us if we put our hope in anything other than Jesus, mm-hmm. it is going to fail us yeah. every single time and just keep us in that perpetual cycle of per, you know paralysis. Yeah. Absolutely. Misplaced dependencies. Right. <laughs> so this man was disabled, it says, 30 and 8 years. Uh-huh. So biblical numerics play a role in this too because 38 in the Bible means slavery. Wow. I didn't know that. Come on. (laughs) Gosh, I just love how the word is so connected throughout scripture. It is. It's just so cool. So, you know, think about that. 38 happens to be the amount of time the children of Israel wandered in circles. Most people say they were there 40 years. They were, but it was 38 of those years where they were going round and round. The last two years were like preparation. Mm -hmm. What was that preparation for? Them coming out of that condition of wandering. And so, um, you know, Hebrews tells us why. Mm -hmm. Why did they spend so much time? What kept them going round and round? Hebrews says, unbelief. It's the same thing for us. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is, I really like today because I like getting into the Word and digging into it. And I mean, I've learned so much in just... This one chapter, chapter five, just yeah. a few verses. I mean, there's so much here to learn, and it's so exciting. It's so fun. Yeah. You know, and I think it's really important for us to realize and, you know, remember, you know, Jesus was not religious. Mm-hmm. You know, he came to bring relationship. Mm-hmm. And religion is a powerful force, mm-hmm. and it is um, impotent, right? to save anybody, yeah. but it is powerful to enslave multitudes. Yes. And that's what we see here, yeah. you know, because religion always says to us, just do steps one, two, three, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're going to be made right. Yeah. All right. But it inevitably will keep you in a place where you feel, I'm close, I'm close, uh-huh. I'm close. But then you always end up never close enough. Right. And Jesus comes to that place and he says, you know what? There's a better way. Mm -hmm. There is another way and a way that puts none of these type of requirements on you for healing. 
So if you're out there and you're listening and you've been waiting a long time, you've been in the same kind of condition, maybe you've been wondering in your mind, going round and round, asking questions, does Jesus know (laughs) um, that I've been suffering for a long time? Does he know the pain? Mm -hmm. Um, Does he know my loneliness? Does he know the humiliation that I'm suffering? Does he know the injustice that's been done to me? I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. But the answer is yes. He knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> you know, this story not only reveals who Jesus is, like we were saying, but it also shows us the way God helps anyone stuck in a perpetual cycle of defeat, that cycle that you were just talking about. And this is what I think is really cool. Again, we're talking about numbers, so I'm going to go back to... The fact that we're in chapter five, yeah, and we are talking right now about verse five, yeah. okay? And so when you multiply five and five, you get the number 25. Yes, you do. <laughs> and the number 25 symbolizes grace upon grace. Woo-hoo! Or another way of saying it is grace multiplied. Yes. How cool is that? <laughs> Amazing. Now, here's a picture of a man who waited and waited for someone to help him get into the pool. I mean, he was probably stepped on, avoided, ignored, just just dismissed by everyone else around him. And then Jesus comes to celebrate this big feast and notices this man out of everyone there, he notices this man who has been sick for 38 years. Grace multiplied. Yeah, (laughs) that is what's going to be poured out. And that's the thing is wherever you are stuck Mm -hmm. is the very place Jesus comes to multiply his grace to us. Yes. Come on. (laughs) Amen. Oh, you know, it's like we're talking about that. It's like in the spirit realm. I don't know about y'all, but I just hear like bubble, 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 bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Holy Spirit is described as um, a river that is flowing and will bubble up inside of us, bringing, you know, his life. That's what he does. And he brings grace upon Mm -hmm. grace upon grace upon grace. I'm glad you explained that because I was like, I'm not hearing bubbling. We're talking about bubble, bubble, bubble. (laughs) Like bubble, 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 grace, grace, grace. (laughs) But now I get it. Free flowing. Okay, so let's go on to John 5, 6. When Jesus saw him and he knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Now, what I find most treasuring about this verse is that we read how Jesus knew he had been ill for like a really long time. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's the reality of who Jesus is. He knows our conditions. (laughs) He knew this man's condition. He not only knew it, he saw him, he cared about him, and he came to him. Yeah. I love that that's just the way God works. Think about it. The world population is just shy of 8 billion people, which that's a lot of people, y'all. That's a, lot. <laughs> that's a multitude, right? Mm-hmm. Now, think about it. Out of all the people on the planet right now, You could be listening to any podcast, but you're listening to this one. That's God who knows where you are, sees what you're going through, and cares so much that he prompted you to listen to this today. This is, it's just such a beautiful picture of the way Jesus comes to us. And he deals with our disappointment, our despair, and our despondency, and more importantly, any deception that is keeping us in a cycle of defeat. You know, 
what I love is the way that he does this. He asks a powerful question. Now, you and I are coaches, mm-hmm. so we put tremendous value on powerful questioning, right? Yes. And that's exactly what Jesus does. And what have we learned in coaching? When you ask the right question, you get really to what's underneath the surface, mm-hmm. and it brings out and helps the person, you know, identify, oh, you know, you get those aha moments. And this was an aha moment, you know, moment for this guy. Jesus asked him a question, bringing, you know, the real issue to the service. And it's not a silly question at all. He says, do you truly long to be well? You know, he's asking the same question of each of us today. Do you truly, really long to be whole? Yeah. And you think like if, if you were sick and someone walks up to you and says, would you like to get well? You'd be like, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the reality is that some of these things that we are going through in our life are simply because we just really aren't ready for change. True. We say that we are until we actually have to do something about it. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. I think that this is a legitimate question that Jesus asks the man. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? Basically, he is saying, are you ready to receive by faith the ability to be well. Now let's apply this to our own lives, okay? okay? Where in our lives do we want to see change? And are we really ready for that change? Because most of the time, this type of change just doesn't happen to us. It happens within us. Yeah, and it can be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even though we really want change and we want things to be different, we have to decide if we really want to be changed. So like, for example, okay, say you have a secret sin in your life. Do you want to be freed from it? Say um, you have an addiction. Do you want to overcome it? If you need healing in any area of your life, do you want to get well? Are you really ready to start making good choices? Yeah. Yeah, Lauren, you know, that really reminds me. One of the tools that we use in coaching is a readiness skill. Mm -hmm. So we ask specific questions to determine whether or not a person that we're coaching is actually ready to make change because the bottom line is until a person's ready, Mm -hmm. they ain't going to change. They're not. It's not happening. It's not happening. What's interesting here is that in the Greek language that Jesus uses, he's not talking about a future tense. Like, Hey, do you want to get well, you know, next week, Mm -hmm. next year? Um, he's saying in, um, do you want to get well? It's in a what they call an aorist middle infinitive, which basically he's saying, do you want to latch on to what I've already accomplished? Like it's done. You can like this can happen right now. You're ready for it. Yeah. Um, do you want to receive um, this, this, you know, the faith to be made heal for your life to change? And, you know, thinking about it, I imagine the guy would have answered the question differently, mm-hmm. you know, some years back. But more than likely, he's been, you know, coming to this place. He's had his hopes up. You know, he was that, you know, Black Friday shopper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you 
stressed and then, out. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I used to do all that stuff when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 51 now. I'm like, forget it. I'll pay 20 more dollars. You know, it's just not worth it. Just finding a parking space. Right. It's like over it. But you know, it's the same principle. Yeah. Like at first you do something, you think, oh, this is going to happen. And then <laughs> wisdom, <laughs> life experience says no. Mm-hmm. But what life experience has has told him, you know, over and over again is like he's going to be walked over. He's going to be stepped over. It's not going to be his turn. And so that voice has probably shifted in his head. And what he hears is, you know, nobody cares about me. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I think the point here is that that can be a very tempting place mm-hmm. in our life a place to settle mm-hmm. because oftentimes settling hurts less than the pain we feel when we keep trying and coming up short. Mm-hmm. And like I speak from experience, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, that's where the enemy tempts us. Yeah. And there's many you know stories we could talk about that in the scripture, but we're not called to settle. God doesn't want us to settle. But so I guess here's what I'm saying. If you've ever felt like that, Jesus knows it. Mm-hmm. That's what this story is showing us. You know, hang on. You know, maybe you're the person who's heard stories of God's miraculous power and and you've prayed and you've believed and it feels as though nothing's happened at um excuse me. It feels it feels as though nothing has happened yet. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, yet. Yet. <laughs> and the reality is paralysis does wear away your spirit. I mean, even the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah. But there's there's something here. Yeah. And it's this. Even though the man wasn't coming to the right f- place, he kept coming. Mm-hmm. You know, through his pain, through mm-hmm. his discouragement, mm-hmm. I'm sure confusion, you know, his sense of like betrayal and rejection, uh-huh. he kept coming. Yeah. And that's some of you listening today. You're wounded, but you're still showing up. Yes. You're hurting, but you're still showing up. You may be confused, but hey, you still turned on this podcast. You may be battling depression, but in in life, you're still showing up. You may be crawling, but you're still showing up. And you know what? Jesus sees that. He does. He does. So let's take a look at what unfolds here, okay? This is a portrait of pure grace. Yeah, and here's the thing is, Jesus often comes to many of us when we've been in bondage to some type of paralysis, <laughs> some type of limitation, some type of inability that has gone on for untold years. But when he comes, he always comes with an invitation to make a fresh start. Well, let's talk about the man's response. Okay, it's good. So in John 5, 7, it says, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool where the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. So in other words, I have no one to help me. I can't do anything for myself. I have to say this. (laughs) What? Lame excuses. (laughs) Well, this chapter is called Jesus Heals a Lame Man. We all have them. You know, I think what's significant here is that he doesn't really answer the question. So true. He doesn't say, yes, yes, I am ready. Yes, I want to be healed. Duh, heal me. He doesn't (laughs) say those things. Instead, he tells Jesus what he considers to be the reason why he hasn't been healed. Yeah. 
I mean, he does give him an excuse. Instead of saying, yes, I want to be healed, he has an excuse, and he complains about how bad the world has treated him, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) More than likely, he sees himself as a victim of society. And we just talked about this in our last episode. We talked about the drama triangle and being a victim. And there's a lot of that these days, this victim mentality, this type of thinking, um, can make things just very difficult to overcome a bad situation. Absolutely. And a lot of times the biggest barrier that uh, gets in our way is us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We think it's everything else, but oftentimes it's us Mm -hmm. and our thinking. Right. But I, I'm going to, I'm just going to say a few things. They're hard truths, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to say them. All right. You know, in this life, others will get blessed before you. Mm -hmm. People will leave you in your time of weakness. Others will step over you, knowing, even knowing that you've got a need. And they won't help you get to where you know in your heart God wants you to be. They'll leave you waiting for years. So um, does that hurt? Absolutely. Is it extremely painful? It is. But that's what life is like oftentimes in this world. It's the world, you know, and it's a self-ish world, you know, but here's the thing. Hang on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because this, again, is a portrait of Jesus. And what is it saying? That is not Jesus. That may happen. It may happen in the world. Other people may do those things. You may be, you may even get stuck you know, in your own head, but I'm going to come to that place. And I do not treat you the way everyone else treats you. Um, He doesn't ignore us, Mm -hmm. right? Um, He looks into our lives. He sees what we cannot do for ourselves, and he offers to make things right. And I love that. And (laughs) I do. Mm -hmm. I really, I had to laugh, you know, when you read this, I love Jesus's response because, you know, if it was me, I would try to like explain that to them why that's not, you know, like the way that you need to think and the world's not against you. Like Jesus just totally ignores that, right? (laughs) And he flips the script right there. Like this is how Jesus responds to a a person who is like completely lost hope and has given up like Mm -hmm. on himself and uh, everybody else. He says to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. <laughs> Get up. I'm like, think about it. Like, huh? I would be like, duh, if I could do that. I've done that 38 years ago. Um, but there's something really powerful in this. The first thing is Jesus doesn't touch him, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't physically assist him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't explain. He just speaks to him. Yeah. And the reality is when... Um, God says, get up. Mm-hmm. That's, there's authority yeah. in his word, his spoken word. Mm-hmm. And it's a spoken word that carries the power for this man to get up and hit for his paralysis to end. And I believe it was a word to his lameness. Mm-hmm. You know, you will be gone. Mm-hmm. And a word to his nature, you can be strong. And if he believes it, if he actually attempts to get up just one more time, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to receive the strength to do it. 
And, you know, Christ hasn't changed. That's the amazing thing. He is the same today. He heals through the power of His Word. When He comes to us and He speaks words of mercy and grace over us, and He tells us, you have the power to you know, get up. I have the power to make things right in your life. And we rise and believe when he says you can rise from a place of failure you can you know get up out of this place of inability and despair you can bind up that thing that represents like your lack the bed that you've made that you're laying in and you can start walking in newness and strength and we hear it there's power yeah to do that very thing that's the power of the spoken word and i love it you know just think about that instantaneously. Imagine receiving the strength to get up and walk. And God can do that. There is nothing too hard for Christ. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long you feel like you've been in a condition, how long you have felt you know, limited, incapacitated, all of that. In a moment, under the authority of a now word spoken by Christ, mm-hmm. you can get up. He can heal your soul mm-hmm. and He can heal your body. Yeah. And this is the beauty such a beautiful picture of what happens when our impotence meets God's omnipotence. I love that. There it is. So good. <laughs> that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> it does. <Yes. laughs> but you know, guys, like I say that and I can say that with authority mm-hmm. because I've had those moments many times over, but one in particular I've shared over the years, some of you know the story where God healed me of bulimia, mm. which was a condition that I had that had rendered me, you know, paralyzed yeah. in so many ways, emotionally and physically, which that began when I was like in seventh grade, well, wow. like 12, 13. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when Jesus came into my life, I was 25. Yeah. I had been bulimic for so many years. Yeah. I was making myself sick at that point like 16 times a day. Oh, my gosh. Like all day long, yeah. every day. So many attempts to like stop yeah. and failed. So many like, you know, things that I would try to find um, put dependence in and ultimately fail me. Mm-hmm. Um, people, mm-hmm. myself, you know, I know that place so well. And Jesus came into my life. And I remember one morning just on my knees talking to him, praying, telling him, like, I'm so broken. I, I, I everything that I've mm-hmm. attempted to do, I cannot be free. I can't, I, like, and I was so hopeless. Yeah. And you know what he said to me? Hmm. That voice, I heard a voice inside say, get up mm-hmm. and go turn that radio station on. And I happened to know what radio station because a month prior, mm-hmm. my antenna had been broken. The only radio station that would come in was a Christian radio. I was oh, not saved goodness. at the time. Yeah. I walk, I get up, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. walk into the living room, turn the radio on. And a woman, mm-hmm. just like today, yeah. is coming to you, says... If you have an eating disorder, you can be healed. Jesus will heal you. Oh, my gosh. And I believed. Yes. And the power of God Mm -hmm. came upon me, and I laid down in the floor for a few moments. I don't don't even know how long, but I'm going to tell you this. When I got up, Mm -hmm. I knew I was healed. Yeah. 
He can do it. That's amazing. I love your testimony. Yeah. So good. He can do it. He can. He can do it. (laughs) So if you're listening today and you've given up trying, you feel helpless and hopeless. You don't know um, what to do about the condition that you find yourself in. This is what I know. Nothing's too hard for Christ. (laughs) Your case isn't closed, just like this guy's. If you're breathing... Things can change. And just like we said at the beginning, it's time. Your breakthrough is now. It's your turn. It's your turn. Believe it. Yeah. Believe it. I love that. And Debs, I think that this story is such a vivid picture of the balance between God's part and our part. You know, mm-hmm. we, we talk about that a lot on our podcast. And think about this. Just like how Jesus told you to get up and go to the radio station, turn the radio station on. Jesus often tells people when he's in the Bible, he's yeah. told people something when he created a miracle, right? Yeah. So the story of the man that had um, a withered hand, mm-hmm. he had a deformed hand. He tells him to stretch out your hand. And when he did, he was healed. Yeah. Like he had to actually stretch out his yeah. hand to be healed. And then um, there's the man who was born blind. Right. Jesus puts dirt on the blind, blind man's eyes yeah. and he says, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. He did. And when he did, he suddenly healed. You know. Come and on. so here we are in this story. Jesus tells this man, rise up, pick up your mat and walk. I love that. And you know, what you're saying is... Oftentimes, the word comes to us and there is a response. Yeah. And our response is an act of faith. Mm -hmm. All right. That's what faith is action. (laughs) Right. It's something that we do that demonstrates we actually believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the same is true for us today. And I think, like what you said, that's such a critical cue, um, clue for us. And a lot of us miss it Mm -hmm. when we're looking for help from God. Um, there's always something God tells us to believe mm-hmm. and then act on. Yeah. And like you said, for this guy, it was to rise up. Yeah. You know, earlier you mentioned that the key word in the Gospel of John was believe. Yeah. And so here we are now. We're like kind of circling back. We're back to the word believe. And we have a story here that's showing us what happens at a moment when a man's will agrees with the will of God. Yeah. And as he believes, there's power there. Yeah. And at that moment, like strength comes into his bones, comes into his muscles, and he could stand. He knew it and he did it. He believed. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, again, that was my personal experience. I was never able to do, um, to break free. Mm -hmm. But when that word came to me, that now word, Mm -hmm. and I received it, and I believed it, and I responded, then the power met my, you know, my impotence, omnipotence, Uh met my, you know, impotence, Mm -hmm. and the power was there to actually do what was spoken. That's how grace works in our life. And, you know, the bottom line is a lot of times the Jesus, the things Jesus tells us, they make absolutely <laughs> no sense whatsoever, the no logical sense. Right. This didn't make logical sense to the man, like Jesus saying, stand up. He's like, duh, I can't stand up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I would did. have done that a long time ago. <laughs> but the wonderful thing, I mean, this is how Jesus does. If we hear what he says and we respond, and many times it's not logical 
what God is doing in those moments is He is going to show everybody around us that it was only God. Yeah. That's um, such an opportunity for us to put on display, mm-hmm. you know, paint our own, you know, now time portrait of Jesus, yeah. of who He is. I love that you. I love that you say that because this morning I was, you know, reading some scripture and I was actually in John nine and it. He. This is the part where he was healing um, the man who was blind. Okay. And in John nine three, he says, "This happened so the power of God could be seen in him." Mm. You know, it says that he wasn't blind. It wasn't his parents' fault. It wasn't because of his sins or his parents' sins. It was so that people could see Jesus. Yeah, come on. Again, we're talking about places for grace and mercy. We're talking about opportunities. God wants to put on display who he is. And many times, like we talked about times and seasons, there's all these things working that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. But at the right moment, at the right time, God will move in such a way so that you are not only saved, but then the multitudes. Think about what happened, you know, when the multitudes around saw what happened to this man. All, All the people starting to have faith. Yeah. All the people coming to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of... The story of the bubbling right. book, right? Yeah. Instead of <laughs> instead of can and dive into the water. <laughs> okay, so here's a few questions that we can ask ourselves. Yeah, are we ready to take Jesus at His word? You know, when He tells you it's your turn, will you dare to get back up and start over? You know, when He tells you that you are forgiven, will you release the guilt that you are carrying? And when He tells you that He will provide. Will you release the worry filling your mind? Let's keep going. This okay. is we got a little bit more to talk about. We're almost there. So let's just talk about why Jesus told the man to pick up his mat. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Um, the reality is there's an implied assumption that if he did not pick up his mat, that it would be left there. Mm-hmm. And if it was left there, there would be opportunity that he might go back to it. Mm-hmm. All right. There are times in our own lives that, like you said, the question comes, like, are you ready to be made whole? And we want to respond yes, but we also want to leave that thing that <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've been depending on there just in case. <laughs> yeah, we want to fall back on it. <laughs> we need to fall back on it. Um, and so this really is an important step because there comes times in our lives when you know, our actions are going to communicate we're really done. Mm-hmm. We are not going to live in that bed of despair and despondency and defeat anymore. And that action is required. And many of you may be familiar with the expression, well, you made your bed. <laughs> Go lie in it. <laughs> Go lie in it. Um, which basically means you did it, so mm-hmm. accept the consequences. That's us. That's people, right? Mm-hmm. That's not Jesus. Right. Jesus comes to us and he says, you made your bed? Yep, you sure did. <laughs> <laughs> but you can quit lying in it. Mm-hmm. Bind that thing up. Come on, yeah. let's move on. And so the reality is sometimes the difference between getting up and success and walking mm-hmm. and breaking you know, that pattern of defeat is just being willing to try 
and to act Mm -hmm. on what he says one more time. Yeah. I have to read a passage because y'all know Isaiah is one of my favorite passages and 40 is where, you know, there's such a turn with, you know, God speaking words of comfort. But I want to read it because I want to remind you, this whole podcast is saying, this is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. But this is who God is. God from the very beginning. Jesus is the manifestation of the fullness of, you know, our God. He paints, you know, if you've seen the face of Christ, you've seen the face of God. Mm -hmm. And who is this God? The Bible says he's the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength even the youth shall faint and be weary young men will utterly fall but those Mm -hmm. who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they will mount up on wings like eagles they will run and not be weary they will walk and not faint You know, how this happens in our life is just in this moment, in any moment we find ourselves in that place, we shift all of our dependence to God and the gift of God on the inside of us. You know, it's the Holy Spirit. It starts with the Holy Spirit. It ends with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is described as the Spirit of grace. This is John 5. This is a work of grace. It is not by by your might. It is not by your power. It is by His Spirit. And the Bible tells us in Acts 1-8 that we will receive power when the Holy Ghost is come upon us. And I believe the Holy Ghost is coming upon you right now as we're speaking. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit unlocks for us and gives us the authority to do when He is within us, He tells us in Matthew 16, 19, that we have the power, we have been given keys, Mm -hmm. we've been given authority, and we have the power to bind and loose on this earth and in the heavens, because there is a spiritual realm to everything that... um, we go through in this life. And so we're told that you have the power to, you know, bind. And what it says is whatsoever things you bind Mm -hmm. will be bound Mm -hmm. in heaven. And so what does it mean to bind? Maybe that's confused you before. To bind is to tie up. It means to forbid, to restrict, and to basically declare unlawful. So Jesus says, you know, basically you had to roll that mat up. You had to pick it up. You had to bind (laughs) bind it up. And we can do that um, in a, you know, in a a practical way. But I believe for today, God's really saying we're going to do that in the spiritual realm. And so just like there was a time for this man to pick up his mat, there's a time for us to pick up our own mat. And that time is right now. It's a time for us to tell the devil, because he's real, Mm -hmm. every demon, every principality, every power of darkness, as well as yourself, you are not going to lie down and take defeat and limitation and paralysis another day of your life. It's over. It's your turn. And if you're ready... I want you right now to start responding. I want you to begin standing up 
If you're driving in your car, I want you to start standing up on the inside. <laughs> if you're in the house sitting down, listen to your podcast, I want you to start standing up. But more than anything, start standing up on the inside. Start agreeing with the truths that you've heard today. That in the name of Jesus, every form of paralysis in your life ends now. I want you to say this with me. Say, I believe where I've failed. I believe where I have failed. Before, because of my strength. Before, because of my strength. That was not enough. That was not enough. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. God, I forgive everyone. God, I forgive everyone. Who has failed me. Who has failed me. And I also forgive myself. And I also forgive myself. Jesus, forgive me of all the excuses I've made. Jesus, forgive me of all the excuses I've made. And all the things I've falsely depended on. And all the things that I've falsely depended on. All right. Now, we're almost done, but we're going to say something together. This is the... This is the nuts and bolts of binding your, your uh, spiritual mat. <clears throat> Say this with me out loud. I declare in the name of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus. By faith. By faith. According to the word of God. According to the word of God. And the power of Jesus Christ's blood. And the power of Jesus Christ's blood. That the power of Satan. That the power of Satan. And all darkness. And all darkness. Is bound over my life. Is bound over my life. It is restricted. It is restricted. It is unlawful. It is unlawful. And it is no longer permitted. And is no longer permitted. To afflict my body. To afflict my body. My soul. My soul. And my Spirit. And my spirit. According to the word of God. According to the word of God. And the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ. And the power in the name of Jesus Christ. And his blood. And his blood. I am healed. I am healed. I am free. I am free. Now Jesus. Now Jesus. I ask. I ask. For you to permit your grace. For you to permit your grace. And mercy. And mercy. To be released. To be released. In my life without measure. In my life without measure. I open my whole heart and soul. I open open up my whole heart and soul and my spirit and my spirit to receive grace upon grace to receive grace upon grace once and for all once and for all this perpetual cycle of paralysis this perpetual cycle of paralysis is forever broken is forever broken in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you lord it is <laughs> done it's done Guys, John 5, 9 says, And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And that's what you're going to do. Yes. You're going to start walking strong from this day on. You know, what a powerful story. (laughs) Nine verses, right? Um, And there's more, but we're going to, you know, wrap up today. But just think about that. as this guy partnered with Jesus, as we know you're going to, um, did his part, took his responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, he was healed. Yeah. We believe that for you. We do. We do believe this for you. And whatever you're facing right now, whatever changes you want to see happen, it's your turn. Jesus is in the miracle business. And I don't know about you, but that is a business that I want to partner up with. So as we wrap up today, we wanted to let you know that our next episode is called Unstuck. You don't want to miss it. We're going to be unpacking a few more insights from John 5, and we're going to be sharing some practical tips that'll help us not only live unstuck, but stay unstuck. 
Guys, thank you so much for listening today. We hope that you feel inspired to study God's word more. And as always, we cannot wait for you to meet us back here at First and Main, your avenue to living well.